0: Welcome to Design Lessons, the podcast where we design our teaching days to be fulfilling for us and irresistible to our students. I'm Dr. Michelle Schmidt-Moore, and instructional design is my superpower. Each episode, we will take actionable steps to create great teaching days. We'll focus on mindset, real-world opportunities, and critical and creative thinking for us and our students. So, Whether you're on your commute to school, walking your dog, or doing the dishes, let's start designing. Hey, designers. Are you ready to design a happy and healthy summer? Then you will love this episode with Dr. Stephanie Afanito, the author of Leading Literate Lives. Stephanie provides us with three tips that will help us design a very creative summer.
1: Well, thank you so much for having me. Um, My name is Stephanie Affinito, and I am a literacy teacher educator here in upstate New York. So a lot of people think New York City when I say New York, I'm actually closer to Canada than I am New York City. Uh, But I work with teachers who are returning to school for their graduate degree to become literacy specialists and literacy coaches. So I work mostly in our online programs, so lots of technology, lots of tech tools, and I get to blend my love of notebooks and sharpie markers and sticky notes with those innovative innovative tools so that um, I can kind of reimagine teacher learning so that we can help teachers reimagine student learning. So I spend most of my days with teachers figuring out how we can live our, our best teaching and learning and reading and writing live so that we can bring that same joy to the classroom too.
0: Oh, I absolutely agree. When I was reading your book, you know, we talk always here at Design Lessons about designing your life that you want. And then how do you apply those same design skills to lessons and experiences that you create for students? Because I feel like if you experience it yourself, then it's so much easier and so much lighter than to do it with your students because you're speaking from a place of like self-knowledge yeah, and learning. yeah. yeah.
1: and 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 and, in doing that yourself and being a reader and being a writer and actually living it, it it makes you look at your classroom differently. right? So so often when we reflect on our classroom, we we can't reflect on what we don't see. right? And so when we become voracious readers and writers, we tend to look at the practices or the curriculums or the ways that we've been asked to operate in the classroom a little bit differently because we're realizing how important book choice is in our life but are we bringing it to our students or we realize how important a notebook is that no one looks at or grades or marks up and how are we doing that for students or maybe we need silence or we need music in the background when we read or write but our classrooms might not be welcoming for all students in that way so really diving in not only gets us to bring the joy to the students, but really helps us rethink what authentic literacy might look like in the classroom. And that can only come if you're actually living it, right? living and breathing and reading and writing. No, that makes
0: absolute sense. So, what are some things that you recommend that educators do in order to? You know, your new book is called "Leading Literate Lives." To yeah. do that, what are, what are some things that they need to think about?
1: Yes. Well, I in the book I talk about a very simplistic framework for thinking about your own literate life. I talk about boosting our reading and writing habits. So how and where and when and why do we find time somewhere in our day to read and write. And then I talk about our reading and writing hearts. Why does this work matter? How will bringing reading and writing in help us physically and mentally and emotionally and just figuring out a broader perspective of the world? And then, third, why does any of it all matter? And what kind of community does it bring in as a result? So, I like to offer teachers ways to think about their habits, their hearts, and their community so that this work is meaningful, right? It requires that teachers calm and take a break and stop and do the one thing that's very hard for educators to do, which is think about themselves. Yeah. And so that's why the book starts out with multiple ideas of how to actually bring small habits into your life. Things like, you know, reinventing your morning routine so that you read just 10 minutes a day uh, with your morning coffee. A lot of the research that shows the benefits of reading and writing, it only takes about six minutes a day of reading in order to start to get those benefits. So finding little pockets of time that you could gift. yourself in order to develop that habit and then once you get into that groove you don't want to get out right you want to keep going and that's where the book helps teachers go deeper and think well what do you want to read and write about what what ways could you boost your reading and writing in ways that you might not have before that then really help you look at your classroom differently and say oh I've got to do this with my students so the book actually has both invitations 27 reading invitations 27 writing invitations for teachers but then the parallel version of what would that same invitation look like if i was doing this with my students
0: ah so you get to do the work and i say work in a positive way um,
1: (laughs) for yourself
0: It's, it's actually kind of a perfect start to the summer because you can kind of get into the groove start a new routine um, I love this idea of reading in the morning. I'm a morning person. So that's definitely yep. time that Thank I spend you. reading and doing my gratitude journey. Um, and I Me often, do. I, you do. Yeah, <laughs> and like, yeah. it's like, I often talk to kids about like, when can you read? We talk about like how they can read on the bus or they can read, um, I read standing in line a lot of times. My phone always has a book on it. <laughs> um, so I think finding those, if you can find those pockets as a teacher, as an educator, then you can try to help kids as well. Find those pockets of times when they can read besides obviously yeah. the time that you're providing in school.
1: Yes. There. Um, and I'm going to forget a person who talked about this. And this is always what happens. Cause I read so many books and listen to so many podcasts, but I will figure it out so that you can have it for the notes. Uh, she talked about this idea of time confetti, that we never have enough time, but we always have these little miniature pockets of time that we think we don't have enough time to do anything worthwhile, so we scroll our phone. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And so if we looked at that time confetti a little differently, and like you said, if we always had a book on us, if we always had a, a, a digital book to read on our phone, then even just taking advantage of that little time confetti throughout the day adds up. And then again, just six minutes, six minutes is where you can start to feel all those great effects that might come from, from bringing reading and writing into your life. What are some of those, those effects that come from the six minutes or more, obviously? Oh, okay. So now we're going to, now we're going to dive into it. Okay. So reading again, just six minutes, we've got physical, mental and emotional benefits. So physically, even after just six minutes, your heart rate slows your blood pressure drops, your breathing rate slows down, which brings a, a sense of calm, a sense of de-stressing, um, with research showing that consistently doing that over time can lower your stress levels. And mm-hmm. people who read consistently reported more feelings of happiness and well-being than those that didn't, which then has this you know, cumulative a- effect on your life. Um, Mentally we know the cognitive benefits of a boosted vocabulary or boosted knowledge, boosted world knowledge, but there's even research to show that just that little bit of reading every day has been proven to boost your brain power and really make better use of, of what we've got and even prevent cognitive related decline as as we age. And then emotionally You've got lots, right? I love the idea of bibliotherapy that we read to help us grow through what we go through, right? And books become our therapists <laughs> and our escapes. And research does show that it does promote emotional well being, um, especially if we are reading books and those books have characters or um, situations or even locations that are unlike what we've experienced. So those mirror neurons start to fire. And even though we're not there in real life, we feel like we are. Yes. And so it boosts empathy, which is something we, we could all use a little bit more of, of right now. And so when you think about that, when you think about the why, it's almost impossible not to find those six minutes somewhere because you know what's waiting for you on the other side. <laughs>
0: Yeah, it seems like a really, you know, a lot of the things that you talk about, people always talk about those are sort of the benefits that come from meditation. But I think I always feel like reading for me, I, you know, I enjoy meditation, but reading for me is even like an easier way to get into that, that zone, Uh, you know, harkening back to Nancy Atwell, the reading zone. But Like reading is an easy access, right? So you don't have to worry about doing the meditation. You can just pick up a book (laughs) and you've got got all of those effects plus more, right? You've got the vocabulary and the cognitive development that goes along with it, Um, which can probably stave off a lot of, you know, um, health things that happen in older age as well. Yes.
1: And then if you add in writing. So if we switch Mm -hmm. to the, the research about writing, writing in a journal, whether it's um you know morning pages a gratitude journal a bullet journal a creative journal we we could talk forever about all the different kinds of notebooks that we might go into but um writing and even as little as 3 15 to 20 minute sessions a month mm. in the research that has been done has been found to have many similar effects so lower blood pressure a lower stress level but because that writing is often um, releasing what's on your mind, right? If you, if you do brain dumps, if you write about the challenges in your life and you, you literally get them off your mind and onto the paper, then there is research that shows that it not only boosts your well being, less feelings of depression, more feelings of happiness, but, and this is a huge, but it has been shown to boost your immune function. And people who have asthma or immune disorders like rheumatoid arthritis, have experienced positive effects by just getting on the paper what's on their mind to help them process and and think forward. So when you when you think about all that together um, it makes me very happy that I get to choose a career that lets me read and write all day. Long. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs>
0: So you do a lot of work with literacy coaches, but you also do sketch noting in relation to that and instructional coaching. Can you tell us a little bit more about that?
1: Oh, I'd love to. This is where we could just talk for hours, (laughs) Michelle, I think. Um, So yeah, so my work, most of my work is with literacy coaches. Um, I feel really strongly and my, my dissertation research showed that coaches, at least when I did it, and I would argue still now, um, aren't as supported as they could be. There's usually one, maybe two, or a handful in a district, which means it, it can feel very isolating and very alone. And my first position as a coach was actually a coach of the coach. Okay. And I didn't even know what a coach was, let alone what a coach of of a coach would do. So I dove in. I dove in research-wise with my dissertation. I dove in into practice. And I realized what a rewarding yet challenging position it can be to work with adult learners. And when I first started, um, my nemesis, I called it, was <laughs> professional development. And professional learning. I'd spend hours trying to create a professional learning experience for teachers so that it was effective and meaningful and enjoyable. And some days I, I would totally rock it. Like I'd leave there thinking, This is the job for me. I did it. <laughs> and then other days I'd leave doing the same presentation but with a different group of teachers and think, What 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 went wrong? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I turned to my notebook when when I don't know what to do, when I have a challenge, I head to my notebook to try to figure it out. And I started writing, you know, what were the things that were working? What were the things that weren't working? And I started to use my notebook as this collection of ideas of things that were tried and true that I knew would not go wrong. And then things that I was learning as I was trying to push my own learning in that area so I could get better. I started piling them together in, in this notebook. But it wasn't just a a list or, you know, a um a collection. I, I realized that in order to really figure out if this was gonna work, and I wanted ideally to figure that out before I tried it live, <laughs> I started to sketch the idea. And that's where the my coaching sketch notebook came to be. I would see an idea, or I would think about an idea, and I would open up my notebook, and I, I'd literally draw what it might look like. I'd draw where the tables would be, and where the teachers would sit, and where my chart paper would be, and what would be on the chart paper, and what materials I would need, and I'd literally design it on the page so that it would go better in real life, and, and I would tinker with all of that. Yeah. and And that's where my blog came to be. I started to share some of these ideas. Other coaches liked them. They wanted more of them again they it coaches deserve more support than I think that they get. Yeah. And so my notebook has grown. It's got over a hundred pages in it now of sketch notes um that now I put online, and I pair with a how to so that people can kind of see my thought process in action. And, you know, I went from a nemesis to feeling like a, a superhero, <laughs> right? Just because of that.
0: Absolutely. And I love that you are you have this sort of visual representation of what you wanted to design the experience for the people that you were sharing it with. Um, I think that a lot of times we, um, you know, we use prints. And so it's nice to kind of see, I always get lit up when I see things that are visual as well. Um, yeah. I always feel like your sketch notes feel very accessible. Um, you make it, you make it seem like, oh, that's something that I could do. Um, yeah. And so, because I'm, I'm definitely not an artist in that respect, but it's always something I want to work, you know, work on. And, and so um, seeing those ideas in a sketch note form is very inspiring. And I think very accessible to people. They can easily glance at it and say, oh yeah, that might be something I might want to work and, and do with, right. with the educators that I work with.
1: Well, I don't have many artistic bones in my body. So if I can do that on the page by just having a little bit of freedom with some Sharpie markers, then yes. everybody can do. <laughs> I love that. I love that a lot.
0: Wow. So um, you talked about what are some things that educators can do over the summer, some activities that they can do to kind of like boost their literacy or to sort of move in that direction and get ready for the new year?
1: yeah, I've got three things I recommend if 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 I could give teachers some summer homework, um, mm-hmm. the first one would be to build a summer TBR stack, a summer mm-hmm. to be read mm-hmm. stack. And by creating the stack, I don't mean marking things on your Goodreads to be read or jotting down titles on a sticky note. I mean physically build the stack. Go to the library, and borrow those three books you want to read. Or if you can, indulge yourself and go to the bookstore or download them on your your e-reader device or or borrow them electronically from the library. Um, It's one thing to say the books that you want to read, but it's quite another to actually get them and have them stare at you every day from the kitchen counter or the dining room table or your bedside table. That tangible reminder is often the link a lot of us need to say, oh yeah, I wanted I wanted to do that. Um, and so I recommend build the stack, but actually build the stack and then put it somewhere in your line of vision mm-hmm. as a reminder that you deserve that time to read this summer. That would that would be my my top recommendation. Um, my second recommendation, and I think you see this coming, Michelle, is to Get a notebook, <laughs> right? So get a notebook where you can put anything and everything related to your summer. It could be a collection of your to-do lists. It could be your 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 gratitude journal, what one thing you're thankful for each day. Your bullet journal of your bucket list for the summer, or um, even your packing list for your summer vacation, if you take a notebook and you challenge yourself to really tend to it and fill it with anything, it ends up being this wonderful artifact of your life, right? So we know a notebook is a book that you put notes in, but keeping a notebook is literally taking the notes of your life and and hanging on to them. And so just indulging a bit and buying a notebook that feels good or looks pretty or, you know, has a hard cover that you love to look at, whatever it is, just try it. I think the easiest way, and I know you do this too, Michelle, is um, every morning, I write five things down that I'm grateful for from the previous 24 hours, right? So that it's this constant, positive, um, grateful kind of mindset. But another easy way is to do it at the end of the day and just jot down those things you might want to hang on to right we say we'll always remember you know our kids said this or we did that and remember that time but we don't (laughs) and writing it down and keeping a little summer notebook um, can be something really wonderful to look back on and then the third thing is to say yes and i borrow this from elizabeth gilbert who wrote that beautiful book Big Magic oh, yeah. and she says just say yes be open to whatever comes along right if you, if you can go for a walk with your kids but you should clean the bathrooms go you know, for the walk with yes. <laughs> yes kids or if there's an experience that you're a little bit hesitant to say yes and mm-hmm. and see where it brings you just like reading and writing can open your life in different ways through the pages of a book or a notebook, we also want to make sure our eyes are wide open to what's going on around us and just really enjoying the time that we have and reading and writing combined with all of that really great benefits of lowering your heart rate and boosting your happiness can can help you, as you like, as you talk about, design a summer, design a life that is happy and healthy and enjoyable. So those would be my top three homework pieces.
0: (laughs) I love all three of those. They absolutely align with what I love to do. Um, Especially that to be read stack, because I find that, and you were talking about putting it sort of somewhere visually where you can see it. And, you know, they talk about when you're trying to form habits, if you make it easier for yourself to do the thing that you're trying to form a habit around, then Mm -hmm. that you're putting it in line with where you are. And of course, If anyone's listened to the podcast at all, they know I'm a big fan of gratitude because like you, I start my mornings with gratitude. It starts me off in a positive space for my day. And then again, like at the end of the day, I try to choose one thing because you're right. You, you, um, you miss, you miss, um, some things. And if you don't write them down and I, I I mean, everyone always jokes as they get older, they forget things. But I, like I write things down in my notebook all the time. For that for that exact reason that like I just remember it and then to give a really good example of you were talking about how notebooks kind of like almost are like a, um, a record of your life in some respects. Mm-hmm. Um, I moved to the beach about three years ago and it wasn't until I looked back in my notebooks that I realized that that had been in my notebooks as like a goal or I mean I knew it goal, but I didn't realize how far back it had been in my notebooks until you know we I was packing them all up in order to move them down to the beach. And so um so yeah it is sort of powerful to kind of look back and see your thought process and how it's changed over time. And I love these suggestions for this is how you can design your summer to be a really positive space and a time for refreshing. And I've already deemed my summer, this is my summer of like creation. I just really want to like live in that creating and designing yes. space this summer.
1: Yeah. Yeah, it's a game changer. You know, you combine that gratitude with just opening up to creativity or just deciding that you're gonna say yes to different things. It really does shift the way you feel, or at least it shifts the way that, that I feel and you're nodding even though they yeah. can't see it. It's just the way yeah. you feel. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely.
0: So, you know, you know, our touchstones are mindset and relationships and um, critical and creative thinking as well as real world opportunities. Mm-hmm. Who are some educators that embody some or all of those traits? Yeah. That- I've got
1: two that immediately come to mind. Um, one who I know has been on your podcast, but the first one is Dr. Mary Howard. So mm-hmm. Dr. Mary Howard is a, in my mind, just a a literacy giant and someone who embodies everything. Um, She is enthusiastic. She is full of energy. Um, I don't think the woman sleeps. She attacks teaching and living with gusto. One quick look through her feed, you just see how much she shares, how much she loves the field and loves the students and just works tire- tirelessly to convey that and to yeah. bring everyone with her. Um, she leads a chat on Thursday nights, the Good to Great chat. And even though it's hard for me to attend at night with with kids, um, <laughs> looking through the archive of that chat is it always brings me such inspiration. And I I really I just kind of want to grow up to be like Mary. Yeah. <laughs> Love that. The second uh, person I, I I know you've had on and um, likely admire too is Angela Stockman. Yes, her episodes are coming up. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, coming up. Okay. She, um, you know, I've never gotten to meet Angela in person, mm-hmm. but you know, now virtually, it feels like we all know each other, even though we we might not actually have been in person. But the work she does around making writing. And really making writing a multimodal experience has really opened my mind up in so many ways, not just for teaching, but but for me, for the way that that I keep my notebook, the way that I just approach life. She is someone that is constantly sharing and constantly putting these tentative ideas out there in hopes that we'll, we'll join her and figure all of it out together. And that's the kind of of attitude and mindset that I, I really love as a professional, someone who's willing to just think tank with yeah. you and, yeah. and constantly just try to evolve. And she does that every single day.
0: So she really, really does. I have to really admire her, like her mind. She has a very inquiry focused mind. Um, and she's very generous. Um, very so I very much in, in, enjoy the conversation that I have with her. And I, um um, so actually her episode might air before this one. So that would actually, work. Oh, so you're okay. right. <laughs> <laughs> yes, but yeah, I absolutely agree with you. I absolutely agree yeah. with you. Yeah. Um, so in terms of, we also look for bu- books, right? I'm sure you have great yeah. book recommendations,
1: <laughs> podcast ones.
0: Tell us some more about that.
1: Okay. So I would say my first recommendation to build your summer stack. Um, Is called The Happiness Project by Gretchen Rubin. Um, As I mentioned, educators have a sole purpose of taking care of everybody else, and their own needs can sometimes get put on the back burner. And The Happiness Project, it's one of the, it's a breath of fresh air and reminds you that you, you matter, no matter what your interests are, what your loves are, um, that designing a life for you is highly unique and then she walks you through how to take each month of the year and really just tackle one thing about yourself that you love or you want to develop and to just go for it with lots of tips on on how to do that it's one of my favorite books um i still don't make my bed every day Even though that was one of the recommendations, sorry to to those of you that think I should. Uh, But she has a podcast that goes along with it as well with her sister Elizabeth Craft, and that podcast is always full of ideas. It's one of the podcasts that I listen to the day it comes out because I know I know it's going to be good. And that's called Happier. Love it. I'm
0: actually writing that. I'm putting that on my summer to to be read list. The Happiness Project. I like that.
1: Oh, it's wonderful. Yeah. The second book um, I read not too long ago and was just blown away. I'm still going through all of my sticky notes that that I have in it. And it's called Creatively Productive by Lisa Johnson. It's got some wonderful. (laughs) Yes. Yeah. Oh, this book is for you. Um, It's amazing. It kind of takes the best of organization and productivity on one hand and then blends it with creativity, so that you're, you're, you're kind of living your best, most productive life in the most fun way. So all of the strategies that she recommends make, make your days easier, or, or more productive, or more organized. But she does it with such a, a creative flair that you end up thinking even you could do that too. Like if, if you just had a, a couple of, of markers, or, you know, 20 minutes, to to think about your calendar or your agenda a little bit differently and she's got so many resources that go online or that are online as well and my favorite is one that actually shows you how to take your bullet journal and pair it with your reading journal mm-hmm. and the things she does in there are amazing I, i'm not sure i'm ready for all of them because she's pretty creative but she she makes me see what possibilities there are and like i said i'm still going through all the sticky notes that that I have. It's a perfect book for summer. As we think about what could we do now to, to make our life better in the fall. And this one would not only make it better, but it would it would make it more fun, too. I love that.
0: Thank you for sharing so much. I have <laughs> added two books to my to be read list already. <laughs> um, so I'm excited about that. So tell us where can we hang out with you? So where can we find you online?
1: You can probably the easiest way is to go to my my overall website is just com, and from there you can pick where you want to go so if you are an instructional coach and you mainly want coaching resources you can click on, on my bitmoji that says you know find coaching resources here but if you're a coach or a classroom teacher or an educator who wants more information about how to boost your reading and writing life instead of coaching then there's a space that you can click there as well. So I kind of have these two, two sides of my personality. I've got um, if you're a coach, you might like to visit the coaching which is where I have all of my coaching ideas. And if you want to boost your reading and writing life instead, you can go to my website, which is a lit life dot com and every week I post what I'm reading what prompts I'm writing in my notebook and some fun things along the way that hopefully will will get you excited to do the same
0: it's kind of fun in both of those avenues you get to journey along with you and 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 see your thought process kind of live each week and so forth yeah thank you so much for coming to the podcast I'm so excited that you were that you were here it was excellent
1: oh thank you for having me I think we're gonna have to talk a couple more hours afterwards (laughs) about everything else.
0: This has been such a wonderful conversation with Stephanie. I've always been a reader and a writer, but now I know that these practices I love can really greatly affect my health in so many ways. I love her idea of creating a visible to be read list as well of the idea of keeping a journal. Now, recently, I started using Linda Barry's framework for my journal, and this allows me to doodle a bit more along with my gratitude practice. Before you go, take the time to rate the podcast with five stars and to leave a recommendation. It really helps us to bring more people into our community. And of course, tell a friend and share the podcast with your social networks until Next time, designers. This is a more creative learning production hosted by Michelle Schmidt Moore and edited by Christian Schmidt.
1: This podcast is a proud member of the Teach Better Podcast Network. Better today, better tomorrow, and the podcast to get you there. Explore more podcasts at www.teachbetterpodcastnetwork.com. We will see you on the next episode.